One thing I've learned is that you can't prepare a message if you're not in the Word. I, I believe you need to be in your Word. Because the message doesn't come just from the outdoors. It comes from the Word of God. It starts in the Word of God, and then it works its way out. It's so important that we start in the Word of God and that it, it comes from the Word of God because He wants to speak to us, and it comes from Him. It doesn't come from me. It doesn't come from this world. God uses those things to speak a message to us, but it comes from His Word. That's why it's so important that we are in our Word and our messages come from the Word of God. They don't come from just experiences. They come from the Word of God, the Spirit of God. You know, in preparing for this message, you know, I was in the Word. I was praying. I didn't know. I don't, I don't, it's not something, I just wait. I pray, I wait, I listen, I'm in my Word. I'm in my Word. Then God opens up what He wants for us. And it's usually something, at, at first I'm, I'm not sure, and then all of a sudden it will open up and He will show what He wants to share. And, and it's not just, it's for everybody. It's all including myself. That Word is for all of us. But the one thing I've noticed is that, have you ever noticed that God, God has always been there? Just waiting for us. Maybe for some, we haven't seen this before. But for me, this is something I discovered. That God was always there. Even when I was in my sin, God was there. Waiting for me. Waiting for you. He's waiting for us all to come to him. He waits for us. He draws us. He chose us before we chose him. So many times I should have been dead or things should have been worse in my life. Then I realized God, today I realized God was there. I didn't realize it then when I was going through it, but today I realized God was there. God was there. God was there. He was always there. God didn't just come into my life when I got saved. He was always there. He was there from the beginning. He created me the way I am. He created each and every one of us. He was there from the beginning. Even through our horrible things that we might have gone through in my li our lives, he was there. Or the horrible things I might have done, he was there. He was always there. He knows all things. He was there to save me. He was there to hold me. He was there to hear me. He was there to listen to me. And he's also there to speak to me. We don't serve a God who's only there when we need him. He is always there. Even when we don't need him, he's there. He is always there. This is not something I realized all the time, especially when, when before I was saved, I didn't realize that. But today, I see it. I can see God's hand always being there. He had never left me. He never forsake me. Just like his word says. And because I realize that today, I have confidence in him and who he is. And that's because I realized that he was always there. He always protected me. He always was drawing me. But I wasn't always like this. I always didn't have this confidence in me. This came over time. This came through healing. It took learning. And it took learning how to trust. Most of all. Learning how to trust. 
can be one of the hardest things is learning how to trust, and especially trusting God. Because we come to God with so many hurts, so many different, um, different things inside of ourselves, but we need to learn how to trust God. Always. That's the title of my message today, Always. Not just some of the time, but always. Just like he's always been there for me. He wants us to, you know what? He wants to continue to always be there for us. He wants us to trust in him with all things. Not just some things. Not just part time. He wants us all the time. He wants us to trust with everything. Not just some of our stuff, but all of it. We must learn to always go to him for everything. We need and, and depend on him for everything. Now, when I think of that, I was thinking about um, when people depend on me too much. I don't like it. But God's not that way. God wants us to depend on him more. Sometimes when people depend on us too much, it's like, okay, I need some space. Back it up. But God does, God's not like that. God wants us to depend on him. He wants us to trust in him. He wants us to go to him at all times. And the passage I'm going to use for today is Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in all things, through prayer and in petition and thanksgiving, present your request to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. Lord, let us pray, Lord Jesus, right now, Lord Jesus, we will take this word that you have given, Lord, that you spoke, Lord, that you sent to us, Lord, and you will use it in the way you want to use it today, Lord. I pray that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, a little history of the writing of this book. We believe that Paul wrote this book, the book of Philippians, while he was in prison. He was under house arrest. He wasn't actually in the inner prison, but he was under house arrest, so he couldn't go anywhere, and that was for about two years. And the primary purpose of this book was to thank the Philippians for the gift they had sent him. So he was thankful for them for what they've done for him. He was very, actually had a lot of good things to say about the Philippians. But, but he also used this book for many other purposes, especially to encourage and teach them to stay strong regardless of circumstances, as Paul was staying strong in prison. He was sharing with them, you need to stay strong. No matter what happens, stay strong. Now, Philippi was a Roman colony. And they prided themselves on this, on being Roman soldiers. And, and they, wore, they wore garments like the Romans. And m many of them were actually retired military men. So this was a place that was filled with old military men that had a lot of honor and, and, and were very strong in their military stance. There was not many Jews there in Philippi. And, that, and that's why in this book you will see no Old Testament references because they, 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 he wasn't speaking to the Jews. He knew his audience he was speaking to. 
He was speaking to a Roman audience. So he spoke to them in a way that would appeal to them and that they could understand. And in this book, one word he used 16 times, which is actually the, the, the theme of this book, which is joy. He used the word joy 16 times in this book. And the theme of this book was to encourage the Christians in Philippi to live joyfully in every circumstance. So no matter what was going on, he was encouraging them to live joyfully. And the first thing the scripture encourages us to do is what? Always rejoice. It doesn't say rejoice sometimes. It says always rejoice. Verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Not some of the time, but always. This is coming from a man who was in prison that was talking about rejoicing and talking about joy. And how many circumstances had Paul been through that were trying circumstances, but he had joy. He knew the Lord, and he knew the Lord's joy. You know, one, one thing my, um, my wife and I have been uh, blessed with was that he, God taught, taught us something. And it, it was a hard lesson we had to learn, but it was a lesson, I think, that, that, that blessed us in so many ways. How to rejoice, even through death. I'll never forget, you know, my wife and I, our first real death was my mom. And my mom's death actually led me, led me here. Led me to the Lord. So I didn't know the Lord before that, but it led me to the Lord. But as we were in the Lord, my wife had never really dealt with death in her family. But there came a time when we were dealing with death, with her mother, her father, her grandmother, death after death after death. But through that time, first of all, her mom got saved here. Her mom used to sit right over here in a wheelchair with her oxygen tank. She had emphysema. She had COPD. But she, she got saved. And I'll never forget the word, last words I heard from her mouth. She said, I'm going home to dance with Jesus. Those were her last words as I laid in bed with her and she, and, and she was struggling to breathe. I'm going home to dance with Jesus. That's what she said. You know, and, and my wife and I, you know, when we went to the wake, they asked me to play her favorite song. And I'll never forget it. And, and, um, and that was the first time I really, at a wake, that I, that I, um, that I sang. And it never was used in that way before. But since that time, I've been men, used many times because it was God opening up saying, listen, this is a time of rejoicing. This is a time to rejoice. This is a time to celebrate. And my wife and I, my daughter, Adriana, we all stood up here and during, during her, we had a memorial service here. Her ashes were here and we did a song together. We did a dance together. We danced for the Lord right here. Through her death, we rejoiced. We learned how to rejoice through trying times. He was teaching us something new. He was teaching us something new. 
And then her father passed. And before her father passed, he had uh, pancreatic cancer. And um, we went to his house, and I brought my guitar, and we sang. And we sang to, sang to the Lord. He accepted Jesus as his Lord and Savior. And we sang to the Lord. We rejoiced. And, and then shortly after, he had passed. But we rejoiced. When her grandmother passed, we rejoiced. At her wake, I was asked to sing, and we rejoiced. At her uncle's passing, I was asked to sing, and we rejoiced. Understand, rejoicing is something about it that is, that, that is different, that breaks these bondages, breaks things in our lives when we rejoice. When we don't hang on to things in this world, but we rejoice through death, through all things, we rejoice. See, Paul was full of joy, no matter what happened to him. He was filled with joy. Didn't matter what the circumstances was. He, was, he learned how to be filled with joy. This message for them in Philippi and for us today, to be joyful, because there are so many things today that are discouraging and can bring us down. We need to learn to be joyful, even though the things in the world want to discourage us. We need to learn to be joyful. We need to learn, learn this internal thing that God has for us. James 1, 2-4 says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. That is what the Lord wants for us. He, you know what? We go through trying times. Just because we're saved doesn't mean we, go, we don't go through trying times. But we do it differently today. I do it differently today. Us as Christians are called to do it differently. We're called to do it through joy. We're called to do it with rejoicing. How much better is it to do it through rejoicing? How much better? Think about your perspective when you worship God when you're going through a trial. What happens? What happens to our spirit? Doesn't it change? Doesn't it, doesn't it still remain happy and joyful? It does when we worship God through it, when we praise God through it. We press through and we come through. But this joy is not because of a lack of turmoil in our lives. That does not, everything's not going to be hunky-dory in our lives to get this joy. This joy comes from an eternal peace that he wants to give to us. But as it says in verse 5, it says, Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. See, we do all we do because we know he is near. We know he's coming back. We know we have a hope. We know we're spending eternity. That is why we have a joy. And this gentleness he talks about here is how we handle things with gentleness. Why? So people can see Christ through us. We are gentle not because things are fair. Not everything's going to be fair. We are not, we are not gentle because everything is reasonable. We are not gentle because of these things. We are gentle because we know the Lord. That's why we are gentle. Because we are filled with His Spirit. And His Spirit is gentle. And fruit of His Spirit is gentle. And you know what? When things are going against us, we are still gentle and kind, are we not? We should be as Christians. We are called to be gentle. We are called to respond with gentle voice. 
We are called to respond. It doesn't mean we, we get walked on because we don't get walked on, but we still have a, a spirit of confidence and a gentleness about us, just like the Lord did, because the Lord, understand, was gentle. He was gentle with all. And we are called to do the same because, because the Lord is near, because he is coming back, and because he is near to us. He is in us. He is part of us. That gentleness does not come from ourselves. It comes from him. When we're filled with the Spirit, there is something about us that handles things differently. And it's all for his glory to lead people to him and show people him. I want you to think about it. If somebody gives you a harsh comment, how do you react? It's so important. Do we react in gentleness or do we go harshly back at them, start yelling at them back? Because let me tell you, I think the Lord wants us to be gentle. I think he wants us to be kind. He wants our voice to be kind. That's just, that message is for me and for all of us. And you know what? We, get, we, we become gentle when we are filled with him. And we know he is with us. And we feel his presence. And we, we feel him with us. He is near us right now. But he's also coming back. And he has our back. He's our advocate. You know what? We don't need to fight. He fights for us. He gives us the fight. He tells us what to say. He gives us the spirit to say it. He's the one who gives us what we need to fight the battles that we need to fight. We cannot do it through our flesh. We need to do it through our spirit and through prayer. We cannot do it with our own. We have to do it through him. And this is, this is to all. This is to all of us. He says, let your gentleness be evident to all. Not just believers, but unbelievers. Not just to Christians, but non-Christians. To all, it says. Be gentle. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Let people see it. Let people see the Lord through our actions. We want to, lead, we, we, we want to win souls to the Lord. This is how we do it. By, by being, doing his work and being like him as much as we can. And I know this is a tall order. This is not something easy. But think about what happens when we rejoice. Who has the victory? Who is walking in victory? Who's walking in victory when you handle things right and you feel like you, you, you handle a situation right? Who's walking in victory? He is and we are. But when we, when, when, we, when we act like the world acts, we're not walking in victory. We're disgracing the Lord. We're actually we're turning people away. See, they're all the same. And we get the stereotype that comes out, and all of a sudden, oh, look at another Christian judging me, another Christian doing this, another Christian. But the truth of the matter is, we need to do our best to be gentle, to be kind, to be loving, so that they can see the Lord through us. James 5, 7 and 8 says, Be patient, then, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for the autumn and the spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. He wants us to stand firm, stand our ground through everything that's going on around us. We need to stand firm. We need to stand strong. Then it says in Philippians verse 6, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, 
Present your request to God. There is the word that really hit me when I was preparing this sermon, was the word anxiety. How is it not a message for us today? We live in an anxious world. You know, I see so many that are bound by anxiety. So many that I talk to, and the anxiety consumes them. Consumes them. It causes the, every action they do is through their anxiety. And they don't have any peace. And it breaks my heart. Because I wish I could just give what I have and give it to them. But I can't. I can't give it to them. They have to, they have to receive it. It's there for them, but they need to receive it. They need to receive Jesus as their Lord and Savior. They need to see that he is the one who can take that anxiety. He is the one. And it says, don't be anxious about anything. Don't be anxious about anything. It doesn't say sometimes. It doesn't say anytime. It says anything. All the time. Don't be anxious. And I'm not trying to make this sound easy. But it's something that we must strive for. But in every situation, not some of the time, but always, it says to pray. Pray. And petitions. We need to pray. We need to pray about everything. Prayer is everything. Prayer is communication with God. And that's what we need. Not sometimes, but always. We always need to pray. Whatever, the, whatever how big it might seem, we need to pray. We need to bring our petitions before him. We need to lay it down at the altar. We need to lay it down to him. These problems, he, he wants our problems. He wants our children. He wants all of it. How hard is it sometimes, you know, I have to lay my children down. My children are the Lord's before they were even mine. They were his. I have to lay my children before the Lord. All their struggles, all their hardships, I have to lay them down to him. Those are his children. I just need to continue to pray and be an example to them and do my best. But what good am I if I'm not doing praying and I'm not doing and standing strong and rejoicing? What good am I to my children if I'm not? I have to be the example to them. They have to see Christ through me and through my wife and through us. Then that will lead them to the Lord. That will bring them to the Lord is when they see it through us. Not when we try to please our children all the time. It's not about pleasing our children. It's, it's being a solid rock for our children. Letting them see Christ through everything we do and leaving them and giving them over to him because they are his. And it's, we don't pray just when we need, to, need something. We pray always for everything. We must always pray and always lay our petitions before the Lord. We need to learn to depend on him. He wants us to depend on him. So many people are depending on things in this world to give them what God wants to give them. They depend on the government. They depend on the doctor. They depend on medication. They depend on so many things to give them what God wants to give them, which he gives through prayer and petition and, and, and going to him. He will give us what we need. 
And if it's a doctor, he will give us the doctor and he will give us what we need. If it's medicine, he will give us the medicine and he will give us what we need. You know, um, when I was preparing for this, all I can think about was my, in my past when I used to get anxious. And I used to get anxious all the time. And when I got anxious, I would get tight. I would have hypertension in my neck. And then I couldn't turn my head for like three days because I would get all tense in here and then all of a sudden my, I would have a stiff neck and I couldn't even turn my head. My wife can confess to that. because I, and You know what? I don't get that no more. Praise the Lord, I don't get that no longer. And that's because I, I don't get that anxiety that I used to get like I used to get. Praise God, because I tell you, that was, I always scared me, because I didn't know how long it was going to last. I'd get that stiff neck, and then I couldn't turn my head for three days because of that. And that came from anxiety. Think about what anxiety does to our physical body. It causes seizures, causes hypertension, causes heart attacks, causes so many physical things. This is not what the Lord wants for us. He does not want this anxiety for us. He does not want the stresses of this world for us. He wants us to come to him, depend on him. He wants to give us something that only he can give us. But we must learn to pray for everything. And and, and anything we do or are facing, we must bring it to him. This has to become second nature to us. It needs to become our life source. And that we what we turn to through everything, no matter what. Even though... even though, you know what, sometimes we say, I've been praying, I've been praying. Well, keep on praying. Because you know what, there's plenty of things in my life that I had to pray and pray and pray until God was, God was it was God's timing, and he answers his prayer. He answers prayer. He answers prayer. And that includes our children, and that includes everything. He answers prayer. And we see it all the time when we see what God does in our lives and around us. And when, when all of a sudden, it might be years, and all of a sudden he's answering a prayer. See, it's in God's timing, not in ours. So we need to learn that when we give it to him, when we pray to him, that, you know what, he has it. We can depend on him. We can lean on him. We can lean on him. Ephesians 6.18 says, And pray in the Spirit on all occasions, with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We need to be alert, we need to keep on praying, and we need to be praying at all occasions and all times. And 1 Peter 5.7 says, cast all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. He wants us to take all our anxieties and give it to him. We can't handle it. He can. Our bodies can't handle it physically, but he can. And he doesn't want us to deal with those physical things that come from anxiety. And also, also some of the, I would say, some of the um, mental things that come from it also. The things it causes. The fear it causes. The worry it causes. Matthew 6.25 says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will drink, or what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more more than food, and the body more than clothes? He doesn't want us to worry about these things, these things in life that want to take us down. 
Think about it. The birds in the air and the fish in the sea. He clothed them. He feeds them. How much more does he love us that he would do the same for us? That's what the word continues to say in Matthew. He loves us. He will provide for us. Does that mean we just sit back and do nothing? No. We get led by him and we do what he tells us to do and we do what he prompts us to do. We just continue on in our faith and continue to do what we do. We also need to learn how to always be faithful. I mean, not faithful, thankful. I'm sorry. Thankful. We need to learn to always be thankful. I want you to think about what do you have to be thankful for today? It says prayer and petition and in thankfulness. What do we have to be thankful for today? I have, I, I'm thankful for my wife. I'm thankful for my grandchildren. I'm thankful for my children. I thank you for my home. I thank you for, for who I am. I thank you for my church. I thank you for my friends in the body of Christ. I have so much. We have, each and every one of us has something to be thankful for, whatever it may be. But understand, the Lord wants us to be thankful. Sometimes it's hard to be thankful because we don't realize what we have. It's hard to ponder sometimes. It's hard to focus on sometimes when, people, when there's things in the world that take us focus off of what we have and what we have to be thankful for. We have salvation. We should be thankful for that alone, that I know I have a Savior who died for me. I am thankful for that today. This helps us to keep our mind focused on what really matters, which is Him. And not focus on the negative things of this world that want to take our attention away from what really matters. It's, it's through fa- thankfulness this happens. Psalm 9, 1 and 2 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exalt you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. This is how we get through. This is how we get through anxiety, is by praising him and thanking him and realizing who he is and what he's done and how much he loves us and feeling that love and living in that love. Even Paul learned to be content or thankful in all of his circumstances. In prison, he was thankful. In jail, in shackles at one point, in the inner room, he was thankful. He was thankful. Everywhere he was, when he was shipwrecked, he was thankful. He was always thankful. And if we do all of this, what is the benefit? I didn't give him, I didn't give him this. Um, this came through me, to me in the middle of the night. I mean, I understand the verse was there, but it came last night. Verse 7 says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. If we depend on him, if we rejoice in him, if we pray to him, we petition to him, and we're thankful, we will get the peace of God. He has something for us, and that is peace. And this is the peace that everybody in this world is searching for. They are searching for peace. Everybody's looking for peace, but they're looking in the wrong places. They think the government's going to do it. They think the doctor's going to do it. They think the military's going to do it. None of them are going to give them the peace that we really need. It comes from him and only from him. It comes from him and is led by him and is something that he wants to give each and every one of us. 
And this is not just a psychological peace. This is an inner peace. This is a tranquility that's inside of us that we feel at peace no matter what's going on around us. Even when everything's going wrong, we have a peace inside of us because we know who we are, that we are the child, children of God, and that he, we are His. And He has us, and He will protect us, and He will guard us against the things of this world which are coming against us. And this is because we, first of all, have peace with him. We have to have peace with God. The first thing we need is to have peace with him, understanding who he is, know that we are accepted by him, forgiveness, knowing we are forgiven, knowing that he takes our sin from us, he died for our sins, so we don't have to live that way anymore. That is the peace that we have with God. It is the opposite of anxiety. Because understand, anxiety is no peace. Anxiety is without peace. There is no peace in anxiety. There's no peace in anxiety. It's the total opposite of what he has for us, which is tranquility, which is a peace. And this peace is, is above all understanding. Nobody understands it. Doctors can't give you the formula. Scientists cannot give you a scientific formula to show you how to get it. It comes from him. It comes from a relationship with him. It come, comes from faith in him and trusting in him. That is where the peace comes from. Nothing in this world can give you the peace that God wants for you. Only him can give, give us the peace that we need. No doctor, no medicine, and no man can give you this peace. And with this comes his protection. When we have this peace, we also have his protection. He protects our mind and he protects our heart. That's what the word says. He protects our mind and he protects our heart. Because the world wants to destroy it. He wants to distract us from this, this peace. He wants to rob this peace from us. He doesn't want us to live in this peace because he knows when we live in this peace, we are protected. And now you know what? He's got nothing against us when we live in this peace. Nothing. He can't do anything against us if we live in this peace because we are guarded and protected by the Lord Almighty. He protects your mind and he protects your heart. You know, when I came to Christ, I had a messed up mind and a messed up heart. But he's transformed my mind and he's transformed my heart. I see things differently today because of what he's done, not what I've done. He's done the work. Not, a, not me. Isaiah 26, 3 says, You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. When we trust in him, we will be in perfect peace. No matter what happens, we will be in perfect peace. John 14, 27 says, Peace I leave you. My peace I give you. I do not give you as the world gives you. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. That is when Jesus was leaving them. He told them, I'm leaving, but I leave you with peace. He was leaving them with peace. He was not leaving them in turmoil. He was leaving them with a peace that nobody else can give but him. And that is the peace that each and every one of us need to have in our lives. We need to real, you know, this scripture was a memory scripture that I always said because when I became anxious, I needed, I needed to be sure. And I would repeat this scripture just so I knew he is with me. 
He just we, you know, and, and he taught me to rejoice. It taught me to pray. It taught me to petition. It taught me to be thankful. And it taught me also that I have a protector. I have a one who's already won and has, has victory because of what he's done. So this peace is not from this world. But it is here for every one of us. It is here for us, but it's also here for those who aren't here. But in order to get this peace, we need to know Jesus as our Lord and Savior. I don't know if there's anybody here today that wants this peace, that wants this Savior. I don't know if there's anybody online that needs this Savior, needs this peace. Because it is there for us to receive. He wants it for each and every one of us today. But first, you must receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And then you must learn to trust in him. We must learn to trust in him in everything we do. We must learn to trust. God God does not want this anxiety to be with us any longer. Many people live in anxiety, even Christians. And we need to learn to turn it over to him. So many things that we, I, have to, I had to learn to turn over to him. I have to allow him to be in control. I have to allow him to do the things he's going to do in my life. I'm just going to pray now. But the altars will be open if anybody needs it, prayer. But Lord, I just pray right now, Lord Jesus. I thank you, first of all, Lord Jesus, for the peace. I thank you for this peace. This peace is ours for the taking. I thank you for this peace, Lord Jesus. This is a gift from you. But we have to live with you in order to have it, Lord. And I just pray, Lord Jesus, that we learn to live with you, communicate with you, pray to you, depend on you, Lord, and rejoice to you through no matter what's going on. No matter what's going on, Lord, let us learn to depend on you and to know that you are the one who has good things for us, Lord, has peace for us, that will protect us, that will guard us, that will lead us, that will show us, Lord. We need to stop depending on the things of this world and the ways of this world and depend on you. Knowing, Lord, that we can live on heaven, on earth, if we have you. And if we're filled with you and we walk with you in all we do, we can live in heaven on earth, right here, right now. But it's only through you, Lord. And I just pray that right now, that we live in heaven on earth and that people see that peace, that that peace, Lord, that you have for each and every one. Let people see it in us, Lord. Let people want it, Lord. Let people be drawn to it, Lord. That is the light you are talking about in your word. That is the salt and the light, Lord, which you want people to come to, Lord. I just pray, let us continue to be that, to be that light, to be that salt, to be the peace of God and, and handle things in the way you want us to handle them, Lord, and to love people and be gentle and be kind, Lord, and be filled with your Holy Spirit and the things of your spirit, Lord Jesus, which come from you. We do not fight with carnal weapons. We fight, Lord Jesus, through the Spirit, Lord. We fight, Lord Jesus, with this, with, 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 you, with what you give us, Lord, which is your Spirit, which is the fruit of the Spirit, Lord. We fight with that, Lord Jesus. 
We fight with love, with gentleness, with kindness, Lord, with self-control, with patience, Lord. We fight with these things, Lord. And I just pray, Lord, as we leave here today, Lord Jesus, that we will, we will be filled with these things, Lord, that we will receive them, Lord Jesus. And, and if they need to receive you, that they will receive you as their Lord and Savior, Lord Jesus. I pray that right now, Lord. But I pray, Lord Jesus, let us continue. Let us strive and let us depend and take a hold and hang on to you, most of all, through all things, especially now with what's going on in this world, Lord, that we need you more than ever. Let us lean on you. I pray that right now. And this is always, Lord, in all things, Lord. I pray that right now in Jesus' name. Amen. So if anybody needs prayer, um, I will be here. And so, so pray with you. God bless you. Have a